In the holy name of Jesus, amen. When I was nine, I slept through a tornado. I was staying overnight at my aunt's house and the weather went bad and everybody went crazy, rushing to the basement and they forgot me upstairs in the guest room. I remember there was a lot of lightning and a big noise, but I was nine, so what else could I do but roll over and go back to sleep? In the morning, things were a mess. The houses down the street were crumbled, and cars were flipped upside down. And worst of all, the screen at the drive-in theater was broken in half, interrupting the social lives of teenagers all across eastern Iowa for the entire summer. But in another sense, everything was new. Everything was even wonderful. In science class, I'd already seen the movie where the tornado pushes the paper straw into the tree without bending it. I didn't get that, but there was a lawn chair that had been weaved into the barbed wire fence, strand by strand, in the backyard. It was utterly amazing. And all around, though the land had been leveled, we were all still alive, so we had the sense that everybody had gotten a fresh start. The last day of the world will be like that. On that day, Jesus will fall from the sky like a tornado, and he will sweep up everything in his path, sun and moon and stars and seas and nations and kings and you and me and everybody and everything else. It will be so startling that some folks will come undone. They simply will not be able to breathe, and they will faint. But after today's gospel read reading, that need not be you. If Jesus is telling you anything today, then Jesus is telling you that he is for you, and he is not against you. And to make that point, he says that when he comes again, he will come as your redemption, your release from chaos, or even better, he will be your redemption in flesh and blood. He will come embodying the things that you want most, peace and love and hope. To make the point that Jesus is not somebody to be feared, but somebody to be loved. Every year at this time, the church starts over and tells the story from the beginning. In Advent, the sky is crisp and clear, not filled with tornadoes, but with angels, and these angels are your friend. There is no hint of terror or chaos. The sounds are muted and soothing the blessed noise of the favored flesh and blood of St. Mary, giving birth to the holy flesh and blood taken up by Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. The only tears in this story are those of joy. And if anybody's fainting, it's only from being overwhelmed by the notion that God of heaven and earth has put himself both into our cause and into our care. And now we are free to do with our redemption as we wish. Every year at this time, I wonder how we'll do. 
No child does well if he is ignored, and that is true for the Christ child as well. The danger of Advent is not the noise and chaos of an unexpected storm, but perhaps that Advent sometimes treads too softly so that we do not always give it its proper due. That's got to be something of what Jesus means this morning when he says we ought to stay awake, that we ought to poke and prod ourselves, that we ought to watch ourselves and move from sleep to action. It is the first Sunday in Advent, and the sky and the angels and the shepherds and the creche, the silent father and the virgin mother, and this divine child are on their way again as your consolation and your affirmation that being a human really is a wonderful thing. And you're an invitation to a life that is bent into the image of Christ the Lord. Theoretically, of course, we want it. We all want peace and forgiveness and kindness and love rather than chaos and evil and hatred and death. Sentimentally, it soothes us. Deep inside, we know we need this. Actually, when we are honest, we know we need him. More than anybody or anything else. Logistically, it's undeniably true. Every life has its ups and downs, and those downs cause pain, and that pain can become a cycle. And we'd all just like to have the cycle stop. We'd like to have those tornadoes stop raining down on our heads. We'd like to be back in Eden, where things are peaceful and safe. But realistically, this only happens if Christ stays present to us as flesh and blood, and if we stay present to him. Frankly, he is not the problem. The good news of Advent into Christmas is that Christ does his bit in spades, that he does in fact come and take flesh and blood, and he stays with us in power and glory and holiness and love. That's how the gospel speaks today. You needn't worry about him. But if you needn't worry about him, it also means that the old cliche is true. If you feel that Jesus has left you, you are the one who's moved. Across the course of our lives, our steps away from his crash and his cross are often gradual, soft, and imperceptible. The little cares of this life turn our gaze away bit by bit, and as the, te as the text says today, our attention dissipates, it evaporates, it goes up like smoke in the air. And we can grow dull or become trapped or even feel a bit drunk from the cares and stuff of this world until one day we are startled to find out that our sky is filled with tornadoes and our recesses are depleted and our lives are fainting in chaos and we gasp out wondering how it all happened to folks like us. The antidote, of course, is his presence 
in flesh and blood. The antidote is the rhythmic healing that comes with the word and sacrament which deliver the Christ child to you each and every time. The antidote to loneliness and chaos is the physical touch of Jesus. It's why he takes body and blood. The antidote to loneliness and chaos is the physical touch of Jesus. Jesus, slow, steady, quiet, kind, rhythmic gravitas, his calm presence and his clear purpose for your life and for mine. And so once again this Advent, he puts himself into our cause and into our care, and I only hope that we will handle him with proper honor. Because it really is true. No child does well if he is ignored, and if he is ignored, we will do worse. So it is the practical of all things that Jesus speaks to us to today the way he speaks. First in verse 33, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That means you can always find Jesus in his words. And as you have your daily devotions or read your text, Jesus is there touching you. And then verse 36, pray that you have the strength to escape all these things and stand present before the Son of Man. So he touches you in scripture, and prayer is the place where you touch him back. If Jesus is always listening, I suppose it's best if all of you are always praying. Sometimes people lose track of where they are. Sometimes people lose track of their Bibles and their prayers. But it's Advent now, it's the first Sunday, and all that's past has been forgiven. And Jesus is here again today, present, in the Eucharist of which you are about to partake. So everybody gets a fresh start and a new place in a new year. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.